0: Now, have you ever dreamt of having a super foal, a horse that's bred from one of the most incredible horses on the planet? How about Nick Skelton's Big Star? Well, today we're talking about breeding with Tullis Matson, who's the owner of Stallion AI Services. From natural covering to fresh sperm, frozen sperm, it all gets very scientific. So, Tullis is going to explain the procedure and how you can get your hands on a Big Star foal. This is Horse Hour. Welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. We have our lovely guest, Tullis Matson, and he's the founder of Stallion AI Services. How are you today, Tullis?
1: I'm good, thank you, Amy. Yeah, very well.
0: Good. A little bit better today. Weather's not so bad, but still not great, is it? Now, <laughs> last week when I was speaking to you, you had some pretty important telephone calls, <laughs> which you cancelled for me, so I'm so grateful for that. But one of them was Nick Skelton.
1: Yeah, I've actually got a call on that, but I presume it's uh we're doing a a few stallion shows at the moment with big star abroad as we know big star is the double gold medal winning stallion with with nick Skelton. he won the team gold at Mm. london and he won the individual gold uh in rio which is an amazing feat uh for obviously a a british rider and horse and which which is great to have in this country really obviously now we're incredibly privileged to be working with a stallion we Sell all the semen on behalf of the owners, uh, Gary and Beverly Witherson. and they—they they, it's great that they kept him in this country. there's a lot of people that want him abroad, and they've actually said, "No, we want to keep him in the UK," um, which is which you know is which, which is fantastic, really. So there's the stall at this time of year. There's a lot of stallion shows going on abroad, so we're doing a bit of a road show, really, with him. He's just been given the the highest honour at the BWP, the British, uh, the Belgian Warm Blood society um he's he's been given the ambassador of the year oh, wow. award and we're going to the KWPN show which is in Holland that's the, the the breed society in Holland and he's been voted stallion of the year which is one of the biggest breed societies in the world you know so He's being, so he's going over there on the 1st and then he is going to another stallion show in Germany and he's going off to Schokomola's four days later on the 4th. On the so he's travelling around Europe, really giving his presence. I mean, this is the number one show jumping stallion in the world. Uh, and he's really sort of going around so people can actually see him and view him, uh, potential of maybe using him for their mares uh, next year.
0: OK, so talk me through the using him for their mares bit, because that's not like the traditional way, is it? From what I keep hearing, it's all about, it's all very scientifically done now.
1: Well, using the artificial insemination that we use, it does mean that instead of a, a stallion naturally covering mm-hmm. a mare, we can actually collect the semen off it, freeze the semen down in straws. They're half mill straws. And then obviously we can ship being frozen it means that we can actually ship this semen anywhere in the world. So whereas we used to have to breed by locality, in other words, we could only breed by what, how close the mares were to you, uh, and that was restricting, now the world is our oyster. We can ship this semen all over the world. You know, like Australia, we sent a lot of semen, semen out there. New Zealand, South Africa, um, yeah, America.
0: When you, when you send it there... It, it, you you do you have certain people that you work with? Is it the vets? Does it go to the vets, or is there somebody like you, like Stallion AI Services, over in Australia, and then they they deal with it?
1: That's exactly it. You, we have a storage center there, and then there's an agent that goes on and goes out and actually actively sells mm. the semen. We've we've exported to I think it's about sort of thirty or forty different countries. We did seventeen different countries last year alone. So it's it's great. All these we had the first semen ever shipped to Kenya from the UK to Kenya foals, Yeah, to Kenya we got a lovely picture wow. of a, uh, a foal that was born out there uh, a year or so ago. Uh, we shipped semen to Israel. Most of it's Europe, to be fair, in the UK, but it does mean we're reaching these other parts of the world as well now.
0: Now you have a, a huge place where you are in Shropshire, don't you? I mean, you've got loads of land. You're on a farm, um, but it's not like you keep all these horses there. Do they? A lot of them. Yeah, I wouldn't together. say it's quite
1: big. I've got, I've got thirty <laughs> acres that I farm on, so it's it's, well, it's not over big. Bigger than our um, little
0: one acre paddock that we get with our horses. <laughs> so, uh <laughs>
1: um, as far we go, so no, we we can take up to thirty seven stallions. Just invested one and a half million pounds in a brand new centre that we just moved in here on the first of April. So it's really exciting, uh, sort of the future for stallion AI services and the new projects that we're doing here. So we can take up to, say, 37. In somewhere way, I think, I think about 33. This time of year, in the winter, we'll have about 41 or 15 stallions in at any one time. These can be ranging anything for freezing for domestic use, just the UK, in other words. Mm. Or we're freezing quite often for further afield, like America or Australia and things like that. And we get a real diverse types of breeds in. We've frozen from 42 different breeds over the years, but we get anything from little ponies Shetland ponies up to shires Yeah. so we, it, it's great so we at the moment you know we've got um, quite a few warm bloods in we've got a couple of cleveland bays in uh we've got a couple of arabian horses in um so we've got it's a real mixed bag that we get in it's not any particular type of horse that we get in it's right across the board and then the stallions are here for a certain period of time we freeze the semen and then when the owners are ready, we can ship it all over the world.
0: Well, I've got a target mission for you. I'd really yeah. like you to get the Budweiser Clydesdales over here, please. So if you get an opportunity to do that, because I feel like we're missing out. We need to have them lining this. I'm sick to death of the Coca-Cola truck. I don't want to see the Coca-Cola <laughs> truck at Christmas anymore. I want to see the, you know, the Clydesdale horses.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, Martin Clunes into the Clyde. I would like Martin Clunes to come up here as well. It'd be great to meet, mm. come and see, because he's into his Clydesdales. Mm. We have had Clydesdales at our place as well. So, and they are they're on the uh, vulnerable risk uh, for the uh, Rare Breed Survival Trust as well. So, mm. we also do do quite a bit of work with Chester Zoo, uh, mm. which is quite interesting work. So, uh, we've just started doing that in the last sort of uh, six to twelve months, where. Uh, any animals that naturally die, they send the testicles to us, and we've developed this technique, or it has been developed for a while, but we've been perfecting it over here. It's where we can extract semen from uh, an animal that's died within 24 hours from the testicles, and try and freeze that down, and try and preserve those lines in other ways. So you can imagine if, if, if an animal, or even a horse, uh, breaks its leg or anything like that, and or suffers a an operation, and they haven't salvaged the genetic lines there's a last-ditch attempt. We can actually do this, and it actually works very, very well. And we're trying to transfer this now onto zoo animals. So we had some capybara in uh, the other day. We had some um, uh, blue-horned antelope, and, and so on. My and goodness. some uh, yeah, and a very rare animal called a on the go, which is which is a wild ass. There's only. Three or four hundred left in the whole world. Their native habitat, I think, is Afghanistan and Iraq. So you can imagine, not the best place to be. Uh, so most of them are bred in zoos. So um, we try and help on that side of things as well to preserve those animals. So it's, it's it's fun, but it's it makes it takes us away sometimes from the business side, which is good because the business side obviously has to be sustainable for for Stanley and, AI and mm. Stanley's coming in. But these these side bits are, are interesting as well for us.
0: So how did you go from being a farmer? to you know having this god. world-renowned um, there's a story yeah <laughs> I, no, i'm fascinated to know how you go from farming uh, into well, into science
1: I, god uh well i'm i'm afraid i am the most unacademic person i can't even get words out I'm an academic <laughs> <laughs> i left school when i was 16 uh i'm the most dyslexic person in the world you'll never receive an email off me very rarely i always pick mm-hmm. the phone up so i don't write and I wasn't naturally going down the route of universities or anything like that. So I, I did a bit of racing, left. Uh, I got a bit too heavy for that. Uh, and then came back to look after my father's stud farm. And he had an Irish draft stallion. And we used to jump them, him on a thoroughbred mare to get the crossbred. So you got the heavy horse and the, and the lighter horse. And you used to get this lovely uh, offspring, which had a bit of stamina in it and, and speed from the thoroughbred side, but also the strength from the Irish draft. Mm. And when he it was all natural covering and one day, he was covering the mare. And unfortunately, when he was naturally covering, he ruptured the mare inside oh. and the mare died. And it was, a, it was a horrible accident. These accidents do happen. And it must have been over 30 years ago now. how Yeah, over 30 years ago. And I thought there must be an easy way of doing it. And for my 20th birthday present, my dad gave me a ticket to New Zealand. I went over there and learned how to do AI over there. It was just by default. I went over there to work on some farms and saw them doing this AI stuff because they had the North and South Island. So instead so of shipping horses backwards and forwards, they shipped the sea one backwards and forwards. Mm. And actually thought, actually, this is quite a, a much better way of doing it. Now, the UK were quite a traditional, old fashioned country. And very much did like steeped in our history did like the the natural covering side of things like mm. the thoroughbred world they can only do natural covering they're only allowed to do for racing oh, really? They're only allowed yeah they're only allowed to do natural covering so i started doing ai when i came back from there I started doing collecting off the stallion and starting inseminating the mares and finding actually this is an easier way of doing it if you're covering a mare for four mares a day with AI, you collect off the stallion once and you can split it four ways. So your, your work is mm. halved or quartered. Uh, and it really snowballed from that one accident. I know it's very sad it happened uh, to really where we are today, because that gave us the the option to really look into different techniques. And so we started to do more AI. And then genus came along who are big cattle breeders. They they, they do all the cattle freezing. They're the largest, I think, along with cogent Um, semen freezing farms for cattle and they helped to set up really the semen freezing for horses Uh, and then when foot and mouth came in they said right we can't have any anybody into our labs so i thought crikey i'm gonna have to set up a small lab here Mm. so that's how we started doing and then we started looking into research and development and how we can perfect the techniques to freeze more stallions because back then we could only freeze maybe 60 percent of stallions Mm. now it's more like 85 to 90% of stallions we can freeze.
0: So, why can't so, you freeze some?
1: Because uh, some are just inherently the semen quality isn't good enough. You know, right. it may, we've got to, you can imagine if you clept off an animal, you've got the raw sample there, but by the time you freeze it and spin it down you're going to be killing off a lot of semen anyway so if you're Mm. starting off with a bad sample it's only going to get a lot lot worse yeah so that may account maybe five percent maybe ten percent but between five and ten percent you can't do anything about anyway because just the quality isn't there in the first place Uh, the other side of it is that the membrane of the sperm cell is quite fragile and when you stick it in liquid nitrogen it's a bit like a burst pipe it's like it ruptures and breaks if you get you know like when everything freezes in your house or wherever what's the first thing the water expands and it and that's exactly the same thing as that happens to a cell so we have to protect that cell and look after it now certain stallions have different tolerances when it comes to freezing the semen what we've been able to do over the years is to cut those tolerances get them better so they can actually sustain the freezability Whereas years ago, they didn't like it at all. Now, actually, we can freeze nearly 90% of Stalins, like your Suffolk Punch, like your ponies, the ones that may be a bit more difficult to freeze. We can actually freeze them pretty successfully now. Um, and hopefully, we're trying to take on a PhD student now from Nottingham Trent University. We're just putting it out there. So we're we'll trying to get people to apply. And that, again, their doctorship is going to be on freezing semen as well. We're trying to make it better, we would like it to be the same as fresh semen. it's Mm. like a fresh product we're we're quite a way off that so that that's the idea of it at the end of the day is do more research and develop i love that side of it trying to find different ways that we can actually for a business side to be fair we want to be always the as best we can the the world leaders if we can always be up there at the front trying to do this cutting edge stuff but also that's the main side on the business side but also there is obviously the bit on the side that we do is obviously looking after the the, the, the rare breeds and, the, and the, the the endangered animal side which which adds a different element to it and a, and a different side to it which is really fascinating and you get a lot of uh, it's quite heartwarming when when you mm. when you succeed on that side of but it you're as doing
0: well. you're doing good tell us you know it's you're actually making a difference as well which is lovely it's not just well, you for... get a kick out of it yeah. yeah you get you
1: get you do get a bit of enjoyment side of it
0: So the stage then you have 15 horses at a time. Um, at, at stallion ai and then how are they there with you for a few weeks or a couple of days? yeah we can
1: take in the summer we will have 33 or 34 stallions in with us at any one time so some days we're doing up to 30 collections a day so it's pretty busy wow. in the yeah in the collection area yeah. and
0: how long are they there with you for
1: can be anything for a day and sometimes they're with us permanently so majority with us a couple of months or a month mm. let's say and we've got a massive a really amazing team behind behind me i mean i wouldn't be anywhere without them i must admit they they're the ones that really carry the business forward i'm because they're the person top but it's 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 really them doing you know so we've got employed 27 people here we've got a big office based team a big laboratory based team and then we've got a yard based team that look after the stallions handle the stallions and collect off them and they're really the key behind it all because we we have a great i like to think great work ethic here we try and push everybody so they all have input Mm. So everybody I've say in the lab that they've always gotta be thinking of ways to freeze that semen better. So they're always going away, researching, coming back, saying, Should we try this? Shall we try something different? which is great really.
0: Well it's nice that they can feel involved and feel that they can yep. again that's them making a difference, isn't it? Trying to yes. trying yep. to step up the game every time Ready to pop the question. But I'm interested to know why the horse is there for two months, because if you if you're only doing a collection for a day.
1: Because some of them like uh, some of the ones that are here for the summer there, we stand with them. So it's not just frozen semen, it's fresh and chilled semen. So, for instance, Big Star comes to us on the 1st of March and then he will stand with us all the way through the summer. So a fresh product is always going to be better than a frozen product so mayor quite often want this 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 fresh seam saying that the gap between quality is very very small now there's there's not a lot of difference here yeah we've got you know a lot better so but a lot of people still want the fresh semen out of the stallion, so we still cut off the stallion. But instead of freezing it, we'll put it straight in the mare, or we send it overnight chilled.
0: And what do they do then? Do they so say? I had a horse, and I was based in Australia, and I thought, oh, I'd quite like a big star foal. Um, would I contact Nick and his team, or would I contact you? How does it work?
1: You contact us. Uh, we'd have an agent. We've got an agent out there, and she would. It's a bit like buying a car mercedes car out there you know you you contact the dealership you don't go straight to mercedes the agent out there was well you'll sign a nomination form so you fill out all the forms saying what the name of your mayor is and who you are so when you're given a covering certificate a certificate is shows that the mayor is being covered by that stallion so you can register the at the end of the day to that stallion Uh, and then you pay your stud fee and then the seaman is then released to you so yeah.
0: And, and are there any so, rules on this? You know, are there restrictions from the stallion owners? Do you, do they often say, you know, the mare has to be competing or has to have had so many points? Or
1: no, at the end of the day, it's it's a commercial based offer. So people obviously want to make money out of this, and they spent an awful lot of money having these stallions seeming frozen. So there are certain stallions out there that have got a limited supply. So yes, they will handpick some of the stallions, some of the mares. But generally, most of the time now, it's, you know, the, the stallion owners, uh, the, the mayor makes the choice whether she wants to use that stallion or not. And it's a bit difficult to around say, no, your mare's not good enough.
0: Well, yeah, but that's difficult. Yeah. But how do you not, how do you not, because it's about demand, isn't it? So how do you not devalue that stallion's sperm by having so many people go and have their foals? But at
1: the end of the day, you see some of these horses, they're out of stock, but sometimes aren't genetic, you wouldn't think they're genetically, good good animals but actually produce this amazing horse and that does happen Mm. so you you generally have to start with good stuff to get a good product at the end of it yes there's no no doubt about it but you still sometimes they can go to a mare that you wouldn't think is the best breeding but it can still produce a lovely foal but in an ideal world you're right you want to mix the best genetics with the best genetics Mm. to stand the best chance of getting a fantastic foal out of it but you know, some people out there, and that's why Big Stars owner, they sell one straw for a thousand euros, which is actually quite cheap. Yeah. Um, so they're trying to reach out to the not just the people who can afford it, they're trying to reach out to the people who maybe can't afford to spend three or four thousand pounds, but actually could potentially have a big star foal by just spending a thousand See, euros. See, that would on be out.
0: amazing. So if I had I like, you know, I haven't got a mare, but you know, let's say I had a mare and, and I could go and spend a thousand pounds and have a, have a bit of big star and maybe create a foal. My worry is that if lots of if if lots of people go and do that, then the value of big stars' foal might go down. But I could be no, totally wrong. All. It wouldn't.
1: No, it's it's because as we're spread all over the world, if we had a thousand foals in the UK, yes, you you might say that. Yeah. But that doesn't happen. Um, but it, we're talking globally now, mm. uh, all over the world. So it's no, it doesn't doesn't really devalue it. Um, there are a lot of other stallions that have got a lot more even more offspring on the ground uh, and it still doesn't devalue in fact it more enhances it to start with because whenever you go to a show or a show jumping show the more you see of that particular by that particularly standing jumping the general public think crumbs those those young stock are obviously doing well they are getting out there they're getting competing mm-hmm. so the next person says actually i want one the more you see jumping the more they actually they want them so it actually has the reverse side to it
0: mm. and it's it's brilliant I, I and that's this is one of the things that i love about nick is he's so down to earth and and you know he's really humble and i really like the fact that it's only a 1000 pounds and you know he hasn't priced it crazy like 30 or 40 which i think that just shows his personality of you know his hum, his humble upbringing
1: Yes, yeah. I mean, we, we, we do two different sorts. You can either buy a straw for 1,000 or you can buy what's called a pregnancy for, uh, for 4,000 euros. So it's, it's, it's a gamble because if you, if, you to buy, if you didn't get your mare in fold in the first straw and you used a straw four times, you spent your 4,000 euros and you might mm. have been best to go down the other method. So we do give the mare owners a choice. So in other words, if you've got a mare that's a bit tricky to get in fold, you might just pay your 4,000 euros and then you just keep on going until your mare's in fold. Or you can gamble and just have one straw and hopefully that. And that works a lot of the time. That works at about 70% of the time, 60, 70% of the time, you will get your mare in full with one straw.
0: Oh, my goodness. And um, what's your dream? tell us because you've got all these expansion plans and you know you're taking over the world um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but knowing you there must be you've got you've got a plan in your head of somewhere where you'd like to go next so what is it that you want to do next
1: the goal is really we just moved to this new center now and it's trying to utilize the center we've got a, an amazing lecture theater upstairs so it's trying to we want to put on um, new um lectures up here uh, and a promotional side that for people we want to try and launch i'd like to try and launch a breeders club we, we we're thinking about launching that which would be really interesting engaging to the mayor owner and helping them i'd like to do a lot more on the zoo side and not just saying that to, from a charity side i do find that it takes me away from work mm-hmm. so to speak mm-hmm. and there's nothing nicer than going to chester zoo and looking behind the scenes and I love, I have to admit, I love that side of things. It's great dealing with different animals, trying to get your head around their reproductive systems. How can we help? Yes, we're literally just scratching the surface of that side of it. I'm not saying we're experts at it at, by any means, but that side of it I find absolutely fascinating. That's, um, I suppose, part of it. Um, I suppose I love I love travelling. The other bit that I really enjoy doing, actually, is uh, setting up laboratories, um, oh, really? I've set up I've just been to the Middle East and when they go there it's in November and they can't freeze camels at the moment or find it very difficult to freeze camel semen so I've been work when I was out there helping collect off camels and um, there's a massive place. The camels are hugely valuable out there. I mean, massively valuable. The racing camels and, believe it or not, the beauty camel. The beauty camel is worth more than a, than a racing camel.
0: What's the beauty camel? I've never heard the of that. The beauty
1: camel. It's like a beauty pageant for camels. No. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, and I saw one that they turned down five million pounds, twenty-five million dirhams for it. You know, that's the sort of money you're talking for these animals. But setting up a lab or set up I set up a lab in Kuwait last year and, and, and in Saudi Arabia I set up a lab a few years ago. And I love that side of it. I have to mean going out to these different countries, you're dealing with different um, people and different nationalities. And I find it that whole I find, I find it absolutely fascinating the, the world out there and you're quite often thinking on your feet because it's not like our lab in here. Uh, where you sort of know everybody around you you're trying to there's a language issue and all different things and I find that absolutely fascinating setting up Mm. laboratories there and then collecting off the stallions and teaching them how to freeze in these different countries so I must admit if I could do that sort of three or four times a year I'll be yeah, be, be a be happy cool. man
0: yeah. <laughs> well i think you're doing a phenomenal job um and i think it's i think saline ai services is so exciting um you've been ahead of the breeding world for a long time now and it's lovely that you know that you're educating other people with your new education center and i've learned loads from you being on the podcast so thank you so so much if we would like to find out more information or just follow your stories how can we follow you what's your website address?
1: Our website address is stallionai.com. Mm-hmm.
0: And then you're on um, Facebook and Twitter.
1: On Facebook, look at um, StallionAI again. We're regularly posting on there as well.
0: So your Facebook is StallionAI and, yeah. um, and you're on Twitter as well. Well, tell us, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time.
1: No, thank you. It's been great to speak to you.
0: And we'll see you at the next Stallion event.
1: We have our official open day, which is on the 21st of April. Where we have big star and all these stallions being shown off again, we'll have about 30 stallions parading here wow. in April. Actually, on this, and people can actually come and look around the lab, look around the centre as well at the same time. And I think it's a great opportunity to get up close and personal to the stallions. Here you are, parting with your hard-earned money um, to to the stallion owners to to have your mare put in foal. And I think it's a great opportunity to actually go up, pat the horse that you want to. Uh, put your mare in foal too and actually have a chat with the owners it's a, it's a great opportunity and i'd fully recommend it
0: oh i thought you're gonna say and have a chat with the horse then i say that's why we go i'm very proud of you but produce me an amazing foal please that would be yeah. great well it's, it's been fascinating to tell us. thanks so much best of luck and uh, we'll see you at the next stallion parade thank you Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can catch all previous episodes of the Horse Hour podcast on our website. Just head to horsehour.co.uk. And if you miss the National Equine Forum on Thursday, then don't panic. You can watch all the replays from the live stream. If you head to their website, nationalequineforum.com, you can also check out their YouTube account too. And I have to say, there was a phenomenal talk from Alan Hiscox, who's the Director of Safety for the British Horse Society, he used such a powerful video so if you get time do go and have a look at the the live stream videos and watch his talk because it makes a lot of sense when we're talking about rider safety we should be saying thank you we should be courteous to other drivers but what can we do as equestrians to make our roads safer we're fighting the cyclists we're fighting the motorbikes we're fighting the cars all the time Alan has a really interesting view which is Working with the other road users. Have a little look at his video and also you can hear his interview on the podcast. Um, Just head to ACAST, iTunes, or of course our website. There were some great speakers at the National Equine Forum, including Dr. Sue Dyson. You can also hear her interview as a podcast episode, but definitely watch her video because while they're doing their speech at the National Equine Forum, they have presentations, they have PowerPoint presentations. So it's quite good to be able to see in PowerPoint. PowerPoint form, her study, the six horses that she used. Uh, basically, Sue did a rider weight study, and so it's good to watch those PowerPoint presentations and actually see how she got to the results that she got to. So, you can catch all of this on the National Equine Forum website, and you can follow them on Twitter at Nat Eck Forum and on Facebook as well. So, it was really interesting to hear from those speakers. We also heard from Lynn Peterson and Jeanette Allen. So, Lynn's from the British Horse Society and Jeanette's from the Horse Trust, and they talk about the British Horse Council. Nigel Oakley joined us talking about rare breeds and the Rare Breed Survival Trust, which he's he's a Suffolk punch man. He loves the Suffolk punches, but sadly they're in decline. So, his talk at the National Air Crime Forum was really, really interesting because there's only 500 left in the UK. 500 horses, it feels like a lot, but not when it comes to breeding. He explains why. And then we also saw Jim Green, who he, he did the memorial talk because last year he won the Sir Colin Spedding Award. And Jim works for Hampshire Fire and Rescue. And he's built this platform for all the fire and rescue services in the UK to have a large animal rescue unit. It's all down to him. He's been over to California trying to save horses and large animals from the floods and from the bushfires. A really, really fascinating man. He definitely deserved the award last year. But listen to his update this year of how how his work is actually impacting on the UK. I can vouch for myself for him. Um, uh, His team are incredible. Recently, there was a friend of mine was stuck in a bog in the New Forest. And if it wasn't for Jim's team, then she could have been lost for days. So um, you can also hear his episode on the Horse Hour podcast at our website, horsehour.co.uk. So lots for you to catch up on. As always, we love seeing your videos and your pictures of what you've been up to with your horses. I hope you have a lovely time on the networking hour tonight between 8 and 9pm on Twitter. Just use hashtag HorseHour. hope you have a really good week with your horse. I'll speak to you soon.
1: You've been listening to HorseHour. Join the community on Twitter Mondays 8 p.m. UK time, 3 p.m. Eastern by using the hashtag horsehour. Follow Amy at AmyStevenson1 and subscribe to us on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher, and Player FM.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.